Play is the real work of childhood, but what is play? What is the kind of nutritious play that helps kids and adults grow their creativity, develop social skills, and have fun? Join me, Lego Master Model Builder Sam Sixeri, for the Untangling Toys podcast. I'll talk to parents and experts about everything related to play and test drive toys to see if they give the children in your life that nutritious playtime they deserve. Find Untangling Toys on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Kenzie. I'm Jamie. And this is the Codependent Podcast. Welcome back to another week. We're so excited because this week we have one of our best friends on. We're Emily. so excited. <laughs> um, we are doing a little Zoom call meeting because obviously we don't live next to each other. But we've been planning this. Emily, how long have we been planning this episode? I don't even know. You texted me and I was like, God, you reminded me because. <laughs> I, I like put it in my calendar just like as a tentative date in like. Last week. August. Oh, it was, was it last it was week? last week? It was like, except it was the week. I, I like had it in my calendar, like popped in the podcast with Emily Favre. I was like, uh, we're not doing that today, but, but we need to <laughs> we're going to do it. And so I'm glad we're finally doing it. So Emily, for those who don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? And also, did I say your last name right? <laughs> how did you say it again? Favre? Nope, but that's cute. That's exactly how I say it. That's probably why you say it like that. Oh my gosh. No, it's Favre. Father. Okay. I say father. So that's probably why you say that. But that sounds like more. It sounds like kind of like Italian. Like you're so fancy. So keep doing that. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My name is Emily Faber. I, my gosh, I just, I, I feel like I'm such a normal person. I don't really, I'm such a homebody. Like I just sit at home all day. And so people are always so shocked by, you know, my presence on social media because I, I am such an introvert, but I live in Missouri, middle of nowhere, about an hour east of Kansas city. We live here because my husband is a pilot in the air force. And so we move about every three years and this is where the air force took us. And we have, we've been together since we were 16. We met in high school and then we had our daughter, Ella, which I'm sure most of the listeners know who she is by now. Um, she's our little miracle. Uh, no, never heard of her. <laughs> um, she makes our life exciting. And yeah, so we're just living the dream out here in Missouri, really. <laughs> so Dylan's full-time doing Air Force. Is, yes. he, is he home ever? Like, what's his schedule like? Um, He typically will fly a few times a week. Um, they have TDYs where they'll just like leave for a little while. He hasn't been on one in a minute, but he because he had like some surgeries I'm sure he saw on social, but, um, he still flies and he has like a job that he does when he's not flying to kind of just help like the squadron run, but he's usually gone. He leaves at like eight o'clock to four or five every day. Okay. But oh, that's not horrible. That's like a normal, no. normal-ish schedule. Yeah. And they're really understanding, like, especially this last year, like going through all of our fertility stuff again, like they'll let him offer appointments and oh, that's awesome. You know, have you guys yeah. ever had to live out of the country? Mm-mm. No. no. no Where usually. have you been stationed? Uh, our first station was Texas. That's where Dylan went to pilot training, but it was in the middle of nowhere. Like literally all we had in our town for two and a half hours was a Walmart. Like it was wild. Yeah. Two and that's and a half hours. That's where I started my social media journey, really. And You're like, I need something to do. Yeah. And then, so we lived there for two years and then got sent to Louisiana for three years and then now Missouri. What have you liked the best? 
I love, so I like Missouri because I really like the people here, but I, Louisiana has a special place in my heart. Like the people there, the food, like we all just, the food, like Southern hospitality was just like nothing I've ever. It was real. Mm-hmm. And, you guys met when you were 16. Yeah. In high, did you guys go to the same high school? No. So this is actually a common question. It's like how we met, but um, it's always, it's complicated to share, but we, we went to separate high schools. I went to the country school and he went to the city school. So they're only like 15 minutes from each other. And one of my friends in high school died in a car accident. And so we had a funeral for him and Dylan came as one of our mutual friends plus one. It was, her name was Brittany. And so the town is so small that you feel like you've seen everyone. And so all of my girlfriends were like, who is that guy? He's so cute. Like, yeah. And we didn't talk at all at the funeral. And then my space, my space, like that really is going to age me. But, um, I saw our mutual friend, the girl he went to the funeral with post a picture of her and him. And she said the most best friend ever. And I commented and I said, more like the cutest friend ever. And then he messaged me from there and was like, So hey. bold of you. I, I know. And then he, he was like, I'm that guy. And I, and then I, my parents were so strict, like literally the most strict parents ever. And so I wasn't allowed to really go do anything um, with him. And you were so allowed I, to have a MySpace? She's like, no, <laughs> it was not allowed. No, probably not. But, um, and then, so I just invited him to go to youth group and church with me. And that's where we really hung out. That's, that's like the perfect parent thing to be like, he's coming to church. Like, it's very yeah. innocent. My mom couldn't say no to that. Exactly. So. Literally. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to start from your story from the beginning. So if obviously, you, yeah, no, no, I was just going to say, yeah, if people don't know or don't follow you, first of all, they need to, but second, but- you share a lot of like your life and like kind of where you started and um, where you were born and kind of like your story of, of that and where you are now. So yeah, if you just want to start kind of with your story. Yeah. Where I Man. From, from the beginning. There was Emily. Let's get deep. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. So I actually, this, I feel like I just like jump right into it. So I was actually born drug addicted. So when my mom had me, she was heavily addicted to drugs. So I specifically was born and they attested me and I attested positive for meth and fetal alcohol syndrome. And, um, yeah, it, it literally says it on the paperwork, you know, that that's what the positives were. And I actually ended up getting to go home with her and we, I was with her probably for like a year and a half, two years as well as my biological sister, Brittany. And Brittany's a year older than me, born to the same, with the same drugs. My mom couldn't stop doing drugs when like she- how did how did they get away with that back then? But I guess they did. Yeah, like she kept having kids. Like if I told you my other siblings' stories, you wouldn't believe it. I'm very lucky. And cause not all of my siblings were as lucky as I was. Like a couple of my siblings were born dead because of the drugs. Um, I had a sister who was born with water on the brain. So she never grew. So she was like 14 when she died of a brain tumor, but like she was short, like, cause like tiny. Yeah. And then, um, I have a brother that's like, you know, uh, mentally ill. Um, you know, I just, I shouldn't be as lucky as I am with having the same, you know, the same conditions. Yeah. yeah. 
and some, my sister had everything that I did. Like, so I say my sister and she's the only one I talked to. Uh, okay. Like, I was going to ask yeah. you that. Yeah. It, it's really confusing, but Brittany, I, she's the only sibling I talked to. They say we're a hundred percent blood related, say mom and dad. You guys got like a test. Did you get a test done or we haven't. And it's actually something I want to do because sometimes I don't know because <laughs> totally. we're so different. Like I'm brunette. She's blonde. I'm tall. She's short. Like we are very different. But the birth only, certificates say the same thing. Yeah. But the only thing that gives me hope is that Ella looks so much like her. So I'm Aww, like, oh, yes. cute. Maybe we are actually related. Uh, and we have a lot of the same traits, but she was actually one uh, positive for meth and PCP. So like she had even more, but anyways, that aside, we were with our parents and our parents had left us home with one of our sisters named Marissa. Marissa was like maybe 12 at the time. And she left us home alone. So we were one and two and we were left home alone and the neighbors called the cops and the cops came and got us. And they said that there was no adult home. We were just left in the crib and all we had was diapers on and we hadn't been fed and it was dirty, like everywhere. And so that's the day the cops came and took us away. And then we weren't ever to be placed with our parents again. That was when you were about two. One and two, right? I was one and a half, Brittany was two and a half. Okay. Okay. So you guys were super close in age. Yes. And was your dad in the picture? Like, do you, do you know him? Do you remember him at all? No, I don't remember him. He had his own issues too. Um, I think he was like an alcoholic and, you know, into drugs as well. I heard they were very nice people, which, you know, just because you have addiction doesn't mean you're a bad person, but um, I don't really remember much of them. And so then from there, my sister and I were placed into foster care and they wanted to keep us together. Even though we had other siblings, they like wanted to keep her and I together because we were so close in age and we were told like we were real sisters. And so we went to one foster home and they would love me, hate Brittany. So then they would move us again and they would um, hate me, love Brittany. And like, we just could not find a balance where like they liked us both really. And, um, it was like in the first and second foster home where her and I, maybe I, I, I can't keep track, but that's where the abuse happened was in the foster homes for us. Completely. Like the neglect happened clearly from our biological family, but then the abuse happened in the foster cares. And, and you're so, probably old enough to remember that at this point. I remember a little bit and like Brittany, I feel like remembers everything. So she's told me. Um, and then of course we have all the court paperwork and I've read totally. through it. Totally. Yep. Yep. But, um, it was the third home we got moved to, which is actually the family that ended up adopting me. And they, um, tried to adopt Brittany. This is actually very common question. So if people are curious, now they're going to get their answer. Everyone always asked if Brittany was adopted too. And she wasn't, and it wasn't for the lack of trying on my parents' part. She just thought my biological parents were coming back for her. So she would like act out. And she even admits that to this day. She's like, I didn't want to be adopted because I thought that they were going to come. Like my mom's not even alive and she still protects her to this day. Like she just felt like she had to. Um, yeah. And so Brittany was in the system until she was 18 and my parents with tried the to- same family as you No. Okay. Brittany okay. To a group home. Do you know what oh, a group home is? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like tons of kids in the house. Yep. And but she you was stayed in-, in touch with her. Yeah. For as much as they would let us, there was a, a, a season where 
her foster parents and like even her therapist didn't even know she had a sister because they tried to cut off our communication. Yeah, it was bad. And, um, but then after that, like I lived in Oregon and she lived in California in her group home and we would go down there and visit her in her group home. And that still traumatizes me to, to this day, because imagine like just leaving your sister when you have a family and she doesn't. And that was like the only person that you like had or like knew that had any like connection to like where you came from. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like, it's still like, cause she lives in Oregon now. Oh no. Wow. She lives in California now, but I would still see her and it still messes me up to this day when I say goodbye to her. Like I still feel the same trauma feeling. like comes back. Like I still feel the same feelings and see the same, you know, three-year-old Brittany or four-year-old Brittany. Um, when I would say bye to her when she was in a group home. And so, yeah, I, my parents, tar- my adopted parents, if I say parents, I'm talking about the people that adopted me. Totally. But, yep. Uh, we feel that. Yeah. Uh, they tried to adopt her over and over though. Like they would bring her back and then she'd have to go back in the system. Like they probably tried like four times to adopt her. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And it just never worked. So like I said, she, and then when you turn 18 in the system, they just put you on the streets. Yeah. They don't, there's no like aftercare. No. So my parents went to California and picked her up and brought her to Oregon. So, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. So you were born in Oregon. No, I was born in California. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, but no, I know. there's a oh, lot. Your parents, okay. But I was born in California, and that's where my parents that adopted me lived at the time. Okay, okay. And they adopted you before moving to Oregon. No, <laughs> I was adopted. I wasn't actually. The paperwork wasn't signed until I was eight. So oh, we wow. were. And and in that whole time of like, you know, two or three to eight years old, did you have any contact with your biological parents? Um, no. Did they Not get that. in any trouble besides getting you guys removed from the home? For, I don't like think so. neglect. I don't think so. They they probably had to like go through systems and jump through hoops if they wanted you guys and they just never. So we actually lived in California at the same time while my parents were still like alive and my mom adopted mom said that there was a time we were in the grocery store and my biological mom came running up and tried to take me out of the cart and I was like who is that lady? Who was that lady? And I remember being at a gas station one time and one of my biological sisters came up to the window and was like begging my mom for money. My mom's like, I'm not giving you money, but I'll give you food and gave her like a pizza. Like I remember that very clearly, but yeah. And then before, t- you know, we moved up to Oregon, was adopted up there and then didn't really have any contact with my parents. Um, my mom, my biological mom would like when Brittany was living with us would send Brittany like letters and packages, but wouldn't send me anything. Oh my God. That was like really heartbreaking as a little kid. Of course. Oh yeah. And then like, so then my adopted mom like confronted her about it. It's like, you can't do this because Emily clearly sees, you know, Brittany getting these things from you. So then she sent me a package and I'll never forget it. It was a box, cardboard box with a glass angel in it, but nothing wrapped in it. So it was just shattered. So it was like, that's just the headspace she was in as a grown adult. It's like, she didn't think that. That would like do anything. Like, here you go. So, and then it was my senior year of high school that she died of a drug overdose. And do you know about your biological dad? Did he die die too? Yeah, he died of, um, uh, I think, sorry, it was like kidney or liver failure. Failure, yeah. It was 
quote unquote bad meth that he took that that ended up killing him. Yeah. Did your biological siblings get in touch with you? Like when your mom died? Um, one of my sisters, she actually lives in Tennessee, but she's contacted me a few times. Um, one of my brothers has added me on Facebook and that was wild because I had never talked to him, but I just don't, I don't have really the desire, you know, like I I totally understand that. That's, that's how I feel a lot too. Like I, that's like probably the number one question I get asked is like, do you have contact? And like, do you want to have contact with your siblings? And like, there's just like no desire there for me because it just brings too much. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I can't deal with it like mentally. Yeah. It like reopens that wound. And I mean, like, I love my sister Brittany to death, but even like I said, still certain things still brings back what we went through. And I'm like, dang, like, and you know, like I talked about this on social media, but it was so crazy when I had Ella, like I thought I was healed from my past. And then I had a daughter that looked exactly like my magical sister. And I was like, whoa, this is really hard. Like I can't stand to see Ella cry. I can't stand to see Ella upset. Um, because I just see Brittany upset and, and like you, now you're like trying to like take care of that. Yeah. Like I'll never forget when she was baby Dylan's like, it's okay. She's like, baby's crying. I'm like, no, <laughs> you no, know, they can't. She can't. Yeah. So it still messes me up. I was three and I still have a hard time. That's crazy. Do you know how many siblings you have? Um, I think there were six of us total. total. Okay. And only you and Brittany got taken out of your home. Uh, I think the other ones did. I can't remember exactly. You were so young. You were so young. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, a few of them aren't even alive anymore. And then. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is your, were you the only child in your adoptive family? No. <laughs> so my parents that adopted me had adopted um, two other girls. So they had one of their own, they had a son and they were having fertility issues. And so then they looked into like the foster care system and it's the most crazy story, but the first girl that they adopted, which is my sister, Elizabeth was a mutual friend of my mom's. She was pregnant and she was going to have an abortion. And my mom's like, don't have this abortion. Like I will take your baby. And the lady was like, okay. So she had Elizabeth and then decided she wanted to keep her, but then put Elizabeth through hell and back as a baby diseases, everything you can think of. And then called up my mom like a year later and was like, you can have her. Oh my gosh. What in a like crazy. Yeah. So then my parents adopted Elizabeth and then my sister Cassie, which you might've seen on my social media. We're very close. We talk every single day. Yes. She <sighs> was left on the doorsteps of social services because her mom's boyfriend was beating her. Oh my gosh. Um, so Cassie was left on the doorsteps. And so the first person they called was my mom and was like, Hey, we have this little girl and she needs a home. And when my mom went to pick up Cassie, all of Cassie's little siblings tried to get in the car too. Yeah. My mom's oh my really gosh. bad. Mm-hmm. So then she ended up adopting Cassie. So she, now she has Matt, my older brother, which is their biological son. They've adopted Elizabeth. They adopted Cassie. And then Wow. Were they, were they looking to adopt every time or did they want to just foster? I think they were looking to foster. <laughs> and then they, the hey, that happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think they were looking to foster and then it just obviously didn't work out that way. And my mom still to this day, she's like, it was so crazy because 
I always wanted to have little girls. And, you know, after I had Matt and couldn't get pregnant again, I was just like, well, I guess I won't have my little girls. And then she ended up. How close are you guys in age, your older sisters? Um, Cassie and I are just like two years apart. And then Elizabeth's a little older. She's like 10 years older than me. Yeah. Do you guys ever get together? Like, do you go to family for Christmas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah our, our Christmases are chaotic because there's like 14 nieces and nephews. And oh, yeah. yeah. Does Ella just love playing with her cousins? Oh, my gosh. It's, and I love it, too. I love watching her play with them. It's her oh. favorite. There's, there's like nothing, nothing better. better. No. Truly. Yeah. I mean, I look at you guys and I see how much you guys hang out and have all the kids together. And that makes me want to go back to Oregon. Totally. <laughs> but Because I'm so jealous of like... Like I said, Cassie and I FaceTime every single day. And I'm like, it would be so cool just to be like, hey, can you come over? <laughs> you Literally, know? come over and hang out. For sure. Here. Yeah. So. But also, I get it. Yeah. I'm going to move too one day. <gasps> She's not. Don't say that. <laughs> I would kill you. No. <laughs> Jamie would move to Utah, but I, I honestly, I could move to Utah. See, like, that's what I like about Utah. They get all the seasons. I agree. Arizona is just hot. Like the season of Arizona is hot. Like the winters yeah. are literally magical and it's so nice here, but I do like, I want a snow day. Like I just yeah. want a snow day. I want a snow day. Like I, I agree with that. Occasional snow day. There's just no way I could convince DJ to move to Utah. Yeah. There's just Nashville. no way. <laughs> Nashville, we'll be in Nashville. Hey, Justin will move there. Honestly, Justin would move there so quickly. So you yeah. met Dylan in high school and then your mom passed away your senior year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Did you go to her funeral? No, I... No. It was wild because I hadn't talked. I'd like cut off all communication with her. And I was like, it was like heavy on my heart that I needed to forgive her. And so I was the main speaker at my high school graduation, like the valedictorian. No, I was not about, I was the class president. <laughs> okay. okay. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to invite her to my high school graduation. And I, cause I want her to see that I'm okay. Like, like I love I'm, that. I'm who I am. And then she died like two months before for three months. Oh my goodness. That's so big of you to like invite her though. That's crazy yeah, well, that, you know, I'll never forget Dylan saying like, cause I was obviously devastated by it. Cause I just accepted the fact that I was going to forgive her. And Dylan's like, you know what? It, it may have just been like another disappointment. Like what if so, she came high or drunk or like, or didn't show ruined, up or didn't show yeah. up and like ruined yeah. everything that was in your head. That's like a really good perspective to think of that. And it's crazy to think like from the time you were gone, like ended up dying of a drug overdose when you were like 18, like that's such a hard life, like her whole life, just mm -hmm. like so hard to like live that. And that's like so incredible that you're, that you like got out. Yeah. You like have the life you have now. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we talked about that all the time with Jamie and like, even like just her biological siblings too, like your life can go completely you can come from the same family and your life can go completely two different directions totally and the way i always put it one of my favorite quotes is you can't handle the cards that you're, you're dealt but you can handle how you play them yeah and i love that that's just what i live by i'm like it's totally yeah. up to me. it's no one else's responsibility for how my life ends up exactly except for you and i feel like even if you're given like similar opportunities like you and Brittany, like you're placed in the same homes and like you're you're given like you're given like these same exact things in life, but like she was one way and you were another. And it just like, that's how it happened. And it's like, I don't know. It's so like wild to think, think about that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so you graduate high school and did you and Dylan go to the same college? 
Yeah. So that's actually another crazy story. It's kind of fate because I had planned to go to the University of Oregon. I wanted to study journalism. And so that was the only school I applied for. And then Dylan was going to go to the Air Force Academy because they'd offer him like a full ride to wrestle there. And I, my mom called me. She's like, I feel like you should apply for another school. Like don't put all your eggs in one basket. And so I was like, fine, I'll, I'll apply for Oregon state too. And the same, like literally within like a few days, I got denied from university of Oregon. So like I had to go to Oregon state and Dylan got offered a full ride to Oregon state to for the ROTC program. And so we ended up. Wow. That's really fun that you guys went to the same college though. Yeah. It, it seems fun. like so much in your life is like, like fate. It's like these like big things, like, like all these like life milestones have been like when you and Dylan met, like from the MySpace story up until like, when did you guys like, when were you allowed to actually date him? College. <laughs> Your parents like knew about him. Yeah. I'm always <laughs> strict, which she always says. She's like, I felt like I had to be because of where you came from. I was just trying to protect you. And I didn't want you to totally get that. But at the time, of course, I was like, you are the worst. You won't let me do anything. You let me date. <laughs> live my normal life. Yeah. So, yeah. So you guys went to the same college and did you study journalism? Um, it was called new media communications at Oregon state. So yeah, I had a major in new media communications and then a minor in communications. Did you guys get married during college or after college? We graduated, graduated in June, got married in July. Oh, you were like, so ready. How long were you guys engaged? Oh, I don't know. Like a year, maybe. Yeah. So during college, you got engaged and you got married. Yeah. <laughs> and so at this point, did he just go get a job in the Air Force? Like you guys moved to Texas at that point? Well, we were told we were supposed to move like by September and then the Air Force is just hurry up and wait. So we literally, we, so we moved in with Dylan's parents and then they're like, oh, just kidding. It's going to be like seven months until you move. So we had gotten Maverick as a puppy during that time and living with his parents and then um, finally moved to Texas for pilot training. Wow. Yeah. So you, lived, you got real close with his parents. Yeah. yeah. With a new, like having a, a baby. You're like, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Do you love his family? Are you guys yeah. like close? Oh, good. Oh, Does God. Dylan have a lot of siblings too? No, he just has a brother. Okay. Oh, wow. That's yeah. nice. So it's a lot quieter at their house. Yeah. So like Christmas, we go to my house for the chaos and his house for like the naps. You know? Yes, you're like, I love that. I'm going to chill. I feel like that's kind of like how my family with my in-laws is. Like yes. our family's wild and loud and crazy. And then I go to their house and it's a lot. There's a lot of kids, but it's like very calm. Like all yeah, the kids are older, calm. like they're in their teenage years. And then there's like four of them that are like young, but they all just like play outside or play together. And it's like it's quiet. So much quieter. I'm always right. like, oh, our family's very loud. Yeah. yeah. I realize how loud our family is. A lot though, but it would be so weird if it wasn't, you know, like it would be so weird. That. Yeah, it would be so weird. So yeah. you guys moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. No kids yet. No, just so Maverick. When did you guys start trying for Ella? Um when we moved to Louisiana, so our second base. Okay. So you just kind of hung out in Texas and that's where you started social media. Yeah, I started it for Beachbody, really, like just to, to have something to do because we lived in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I just like I just had gotten my degree but couldn't use it there and opened up my Instagram sharing my fitness journey and that's how it started. So wow. you started with Beachbody. How did you get into that? Like did you know somebody that was doing it? Did it just look appealing to you? Yeah, I didn't really know what it was, but my friend Ashley, um, well, it was crazy. We 
had done Miss Oregon. And when you do a pageant, they just like place you with a random roommate for like the hotel and her and I got placed together. And so I didn't know who she was, but she looked amazing. And she had done P90X to get in shape for the pageant. She was a coach and then so on and so forth. We just like messaged each other on Facebook and I was like, well, I'm bored anyways. Like, and I kind of want to discount because I was already using the products that they had. I was already doing insanity, um, all the workout programs because that's what I did in college. Cause I was broke and yep. yeah. And then it ended up being the thing that changed so my you life. Did, you did pageants. Um, yeah. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see pictures. Oh my God. Sure. No. I put Ella in a pageant. She no. would, she would be so yeah. good. She would be like the weirdo and everyone would just be laughing, but that would probably, she'd probably win. She's the best personality. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like that. little Miss Stage Presence. That would be, right. yeah. Literally. Yeah. She's like, I Maybe already know. Yeah. That would be so funny. I, I would that. die to see Ella do like an interview portion. I know. <laughs> she'd be like, piggies or bunnies? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Let's take a quick ad break. Okay, isn't the worst thing going to a doctor or professional after already meeting them and they literally don't know anything about you and they can't even remember your name? Honestly, it is one of my pet peeves. I feel like it's especially important when you're going to the OB and every time you come in, they're like asking you like, what's your name? What are you having? Like, how far along are you? What are your symptoms? Literally, like I've told you this, like that is my biggest pet peeve. I remember going in once I complained about really, really bad, like um, restless legs. And then I went the the, like next time and I was like, I'm having really bad restless legs. And he's like, oh yeah, like how long has that been going? I'm like, no, I like, we talked about it last time. Like it's not going away. Like (laughs) I need you to remember things. And that will not happen if you use ZocDoc. ZocDoc makes it easy to find quality doctors in your network and in your neighborhood. Plus there's real verified patient reviews you can find so that you can find the right doctor for you, one that actually remembers your name and makes you feel supported and heard. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist that you need, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else, ZocDoc will have you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering an Uber, getting delivery to your house. We know how to do that. (laughs) Searching, finding, and booking doctors with only a few taps. Go to ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that is right for you, and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Go to ZocDoc.com slash codependent and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash codependent zocdoc.com slash codependent we can't let the podcast go any further without talking to you guys about our favorite drink you guys know where it's from from element i seriously drink these every single day when i work out after i work out and when i just need to feel a little more hydrated okay but i was super annoyed this week because i went to grab my favorite flavor watermelon and Deej had drank them all he had been bringing them to work to share with his coworkers, which is so nice of him but i was so sad because that was the only thing i was craving And if you don't know what Element is, let us enlighten you because you should. But Element is a tasty electrolyte drink, and it's a mix with everything you need and nothing you don't, which means a lot of salt and no sugar. And why do we need salt? Because the primary electrolyte lost when you sweat is sodium. When sodium isn't replaced, it's common to have headaches, muscle cramps, and fatigue. You do not have to be a super athlete if you want to take Element, though. I mean, I know that we are, but you don't have to be. <laughs> Element is taken and used by everyone from NBA, NFL, NHL players, Olympic athletes, and Navy SEALs, and 
the best one, everyday moms and dads, just like us. And right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors. Or you can share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash codependent. This deal is only available through our link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash codependent. You can try it totally risk-free. And if you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. Let's jump right back into it. So what did Beachbody entail at the beginning? Like what? Because I don't know much about Beachbody. So tell us about it. It was just, I, I literally just shared my fitness journey, like what I was doing, getting in shape. Um, at the time, like I was working, I was doing insanity to get shape for my, in shape for my wedding. You'll love this story. I was doing insanity and I was working at Dutch bros and, um, I, yeah, I'm so jealous. Stop it. And like my customers would come in, like my, my routine customers. That's me. Yeah, exactly. Like Kenzie would come in and. (laughs) they would be like, you're looking good. Like, what are you doing? I'm I'm doing these at home workout programs. And I had this moment of like, why am I not getting paid for like, there has to be some type of commission for telling everyone like, come on, go join. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so then when I heard Ashley was doing Beachbody, I was like, oh, so there is like a way to make money by, you know, just results and stuff. And so that's what I did. I just started sharing my journey and then like people would join me and then it's turned into this eight years later. But can't believe did that. you start with like zero followers on Instagram oh, yeah I mean it was wild you should scroll down and see how it because I haven't deleted it like it's ridiculous I'm gonna go to you. don't think I'm not I hope I see your pageants in there <laughs> maybe maybe not um I might delete those no I'm just kidding like, wait, I'm <laughs> wait, hold on can you pause like I would post like the motivational quotes from Pinterest and Ooh, I love that so much yeah. I mean, I don't regret it. Cause I'm like, you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. And that's like what was in there. Like if you did yeah. that now, people would be like, you're so cheap. What's wrong but with you did that back then. I mean, yeah. even like I scroll back even like a year ago and look at some of like right. the reels I did. And I'm like, first of all, what is the lighting? Second of all, what is that? What is the third content? All, what am I wearing? Like yeah. I look and I sound so dumb. My voice doesn't match the words, but it's like, you just have to get better at it and just keep trying, keep trying. And over time, I mean, obviously it worked out. Yeah, you just you have to be okay with sucking, really. Exactly. I I love that. I, that that is gonna like, be my next that's what I'm <laughs> You have to be okay with sucking. <laughs> Emily uh, Favre. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I mean the way I always put it too is like we did not want to go to the small base. It was called Del Rio, Texas. Like nothing to do there. But I always tell Dawn, I'm like, if we weren't wouldn't have gotten sent there. I probably would have attempted to use my degree and then I would have never tried Beachbody. I never would have put time into social media. It just, your life would be literally completely different. Yeah. So I needed that uncomfortableness to To do something. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so then you guys decided like, we're going to start trying for a baby in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So you moved to Louisiana, still Mm -hmm. doing Beachbody. That was like more of your full-time thing. Yeah. Yeah. Were you doing like Instagram or TikTok yet or just... TikTok this, didn't probably exist. No, no, it was like Facebook with a little bit of Instagram and Snapchat at the time. Snapchat. Yeah. Snapchat. And yeah, I, uh, I, I was doing decent there um, with Beachbody still. And then I, we decided we wanted to try to have a baby. Didn't have any luck for like a whole year. 
like nothing was happening. And then we finally got pregnant and we got pregnant four times in one year and lost every single pregnancy. And it was obviously very devastating. Um, and then Beachbody had this program called 80 Day Obsession come out. Probably have seen me talk about it. Yes. And it was before it had released to, you know, everyone and Beachbody, you know, they were like, do you want to test out the program for everyone first? And I just had like my fourth miscarriage and I was like, this is what I need. Like, I need this time to just focus on me, like yeah. not think about anything baby related and just like take care of me. So like, absolutely. And I gave it my all for 80 days and it changed everything for me. Um, wow. that's, that's when I like shot up to the top 10 in the company because people just saw the way I explain it is I feel like people just saw me come out of a really dark place. Like after the losses, you know, a workout program brought me back to life. And that workout program was 80 day obsession. And then autumn is the creator of that one. Now her and I are really good friends and God, just, it literally changed my entire life. Wow. And then I was pregnant like shortly after that. So I really, truly believe I had to like get to my healthiest self to, to get there. I totally, was there any like reason were you miscarrying at the same time, like at the same gestation, like, or was it very just like random? Yeah. So this is wild. I, the farthest I got those first four times was like, I think 11 weeks, I could not get to the second trimester and they had t- done testing for a whole year. And finally he's like, I'm going to test one last thing. Cause they could not find anything wrong. And he tested my prolactin, which if you don't know what prolactin is, it's, um, the same hormone your body releases when you're breastfeeding. So have you ever heard someone say like, you can't get pregnant when you're breastfeeding. It's that same hormone. Okay. Yeah. And so he tested it and it was high and he's like, well, come back tomorrow. I'm going to, cause you can have high prolactin just from eating a big breakfast. And so he's like, come back tomorrow. Don't eat. And then, and it was still high. And he's like, well, usually if you have high prolactin and you're not breastfeeding, whatever means you have like a tumor in your pituitary gland. And so he's like, let's do an MRI. And he did not see a tumor, but he said like your pituitary is so small that there could even be like a piece of tissue hanging on that's releasing like affecting your hormone. Yeah. And so he put me on the medication as if I had the tumor and then my levels went down. Yeah. Wow. And, then, and then I got pregnant with Ella and stayed pregnant. But he said with people with high prolactin can't either get pregnant or can't get past the first trimester. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, that was neat that you like could find what was wrong though. That's yeah. Crazy. And I'm, you know, I, after we just had our last loss here, my doctor was like, I don't even know why he looked into that. Like, it's amazing that he had that knowledge to think like this could be something. She's like, I've never even heard of that before. And so the fact that he figured it out was That's just so crazy. Yeah. So you, you figured that out. You got pregnant with Ella. Was that, was that really hard for you to like go through the first 11 weeks? Yeah. Oh, the whole entire time. The whole time. I mean, yeah. Like not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, the best way I put it is I could not go to the bathroom without being nervous. Like, totally. you know, every time it's TMI, but like literally anytime you'd wipe it, be like, Oh, today. Um, or, you know, anytime I was like crampy or anything, it was scary. And I, I truly didn't feel relieved till she was on my chest. Yeah. You're like, Hey, she's here and she's healthy. And like, yeah, okay. I'm okay. So she, so you get pregnant with her and you tell Dylan, but he's leaving. Yeah. So we found out I wasn't, so it's actually funny. We, um, he was getting ready to deploy. So I will always like, I remember this conversation so clearly we're sitting on the couch and he's like, well, like 
do you want to keep trying? I was like, no, I, I want to postpone it until you're back home. And he's like, okay. And then that was the month I got pregnant. Yeah. And so then we actually found out while we were in Oregon, visiting our family, um, I was like, I feel like I should start my period today. And I'm like gagging over the most ridiculous things. So we went to Fred Meyer and got a test and I took it in the Fred Meyer bathroom and I just came out of the bathroom, just like bawling. And there's like an old lady there talking to Dylan and she's like, these teenagers just found out they're pregnant and they're pissed about it. Like, you know, dead. and I'm like, just get in the car. And we just couldn't even believe it. Um, it felt so surreal. And then Dylan was getting ready to leave in a week to deploy for six months. So of course I was just terrified to be pregnant yeah. by myself. And, and especially not knowing after four miscarriages, like what, and then having, maybe having to go through that by yourself. Yeah. So I was so scared, but I just felt like it was what was supposed to happen. Like, I Did really you feel like this was like, this was Ella. <sighs> this is like one of my favorite stories just because there was a moment where I knew it was going to work. Like I knew I wasn't going to lose it. And that was because, um, we lost three of our grandmas in one year, like my grandma and two of Dylan's grandmas and one very grandma, like one grandma, very unexpectedly of cancer. Like it hit so fast she was, and she was young. And I was just like, I just know God wouldn't take all of them away and not give us something in return. Three, three is like your number. Like yeah. you talked about that. Yeah. And I was just like, I know God wouldn't do this and not give us something in return. And I told Dylan's mom that on the phone. I'm like, I know that she's going to make it. Like we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Dylan was going to leave in a week. Um, yeah. And, and he left like the, what, when did the Hawaii story happen? Oh, okay. He got, he got to play to Guam. Oh, oh wow. And yeah. you didn't want to go with him. No, you can't. Oh, you can't okay. for deployment. Yeah. And so I was like expecting to do the whole entire pregnancy, all of like the milestones like on my own. Um, and I had done the sneak peek test and uh, it takes like 48 hours to get the results back. So I had them email my friend, Natalie, who was living with me at the time. And where were you living? Sorry. Where were like, where were you? Were you still in Louisiana? Okay. Yeah. And I was like, you know, email Natalie, the results she'll put together like a balloon or something. And Dylan and I will FaceTime. And honestly, I was really salty about it. I'm like, this is so dumb. Like that, this is my gender, you know, what I get to do. I had my little pet pity party. And (laughs) um, so I think Natalie's supposed to find out the results the next day. And we're sitting on the couch. It's at night. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And Dylan calls me and he's like, they're sending us to Hawaii because we're supposed to have typhoons here and we need to get all the jets out. So, um, we're going to Hawaii. Do you want to meet me in Hawaii? And I'm like, that's like crazy. I mean, I looked up the flights. It was like easily a thousand dollars. Um, you know, I got the phone and I called my sister and I'm like, do I do? She's like, are you kidding me? Why are you even thinking about yes, go. And so, um, I bought my ticket at 10 o'clock at night. I'm on the phone with Dylan and he's like, well, here's the thing. I might not make it. Like we might not make it there because like jets break down all the time. And then once he's in the air, like I won't, you know, I won't be able to get a hold of him. He doesn't have a phone in Guam, like, you know, all these things. And he's like, so wake up for your flight at 3am. If you hear from me, then stay home. Cause that means we didn't take off. If you don't hear from me, get on the plane. And so I woke up the next morning and I didn't have a text from him. I'm like, I guess I'm going to the airport. I had no communication with him. So like 12 hour a day flight to Hawaii and still not talking to him. I'm pregnant and sick and like, you know, flying while sick was not fun. Like so nervous too. Like yeah. what? 
and I felt kind of dumb. I'm like, Emily, like, this is kind of ridiculous that you're doing this because it's probably not going to work out. Everyone's going to think you're so stupid for spending a thousand dollars and then you're going to get there and he's not even there. You're just by yourself solo trip to Hawaii. Yeah. So like this, so I was actually already preparing for that. Like I had one of his friends from pilot training there. I already contacted him like, Hey, if Dylan doesn't make it, can I hang out with you for a week? And, um, yeah. And so I land still haven't heard from him. Like again, like maybe 14 hours have gone by. And all of a sudden, what did you I, do? Did you like go to a hotel? Like, no, I just landed and went to like get my bag. And then I get a, um, a phone call from a random number and I pick up and he's like, Hey, it's me. I'm at the airport. Where are you? And he asked some random girl to use her phone and um, we find each other. And that night we went to a magic show. And so Natalie had sent one of the guys in Dylan's squadron, the results and the magic, the magician incorporated it into his show and told us that we were having a girl, but I had no idea at the magic show that that was happening. Like I didn't know. And so it just came up. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and um, yeah, so we met. Okay, that's the best story I've literally ever heard. Yeah. Like I took a huge risk not knowing, you know, back then, like, you know, I didn't have a lot of money and oh, yeah. it was scary spending that on a ticket and not knowing if he was going to even be there. And then he was, and it was just like, we got to spend like a week together. And then what was really cool is their flights um, got delayed even more because more typhoons. So I got to extend my trip like another like three days. And we found out that we were having a girl together and then we went and had our photo shoot together and, and oh Hawaii. my gosh. Yeah. Like so worth it. Yeah. That was the best story. Yeah. It was one of the best risks I've ever taken. Hey, but Dylan knew you were having a girl. No. No. But he, like, no he like knew, right? Uh, like he no. like thought he knew. So <laughs> this is so crazy. You guys are like, all of your stories just are fake. No, no, I, know, I, know, I, I know this one. So I, yeah. I, I, I love this. I'm one. like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, this is wild. So he's on the way to the airport to pick me up. And he gets stopped. I have a picture of it still, but he gets stopped at a stoplight. And the if we had a boy, we were going to name him Cash. And the license plate that was in front of him, like directly in front of him, said no cash. And so he picks me up. And like, literally, the first thing he says is like, it's a girl. It's a girl. I know it's a girl. I just saw a license plate said no cash. Like, we're not having a boy. And I just felt like it was like a sign that. That is so wild. Mm -hmm. And it's cool that he's like, like not looking for it, but like that these things are like simultaneously happening. Like yeah, he's aware. You, like, yes, exactly. He's like very aware of like his surroundings and like, like seeing that that's, that's so crazy. So oh how God. long was he gone for? Like he was back for when you had Ella. Yeah. He was supposed to be gone for six months and they could send someone home. Um, and they chose to send him home at like the four month mark because they wanted him home with me. Mm -hmm. I love yeah, that. So. And at this yeah. point, had you been doing social media more? Like, do you feel like you were like seeing success through Instagram at that point or not really yet? Not really yet. No. no. Just, well, a little bit here and there. Like, I mean, success with like beach body and social media at the time. Yes. But totally. not really like, influencing yet. Yep. Mm -hmm. Was influencing like a thing yet? I'm trying to, like, because well, I'm thinking about when Payson was born. I was like, 2018. So, like, I mean, Krista. Like, like, that's probably when it, like, started. Yeah. You were, like, around, like, that starting point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's probably true. I so then that. he got home and you guys, you guys had Ella. And then you're still. And you're still. Yeah. You're still in Louisiana. No. Sorry. We had Ella in Missouri. We moved here. Okay. Okay. I was, like, eight months pregnant. Okay. In the middle of winter. It was a night. Because they, they knew that, like, when he got home, that's where they wanted him stationed. No. Okay. Actually. Oh. Okay. <laughs> 
I know our lives are really complicated. No, we were supposed to stay in Louisiana and then a spot came up here and uh, he had always wanted to fly the plane that was here. And so they gave it to him and then we moved. Mm -hmm. Okay. Was it hard finding, finding a doctor that would take you at eight months pregnant? Yeah. Um, I heard it was going to be hard and I just asked Instagram at the time, like who I should see. And everyone recommended like the same doctor. Her name's Dr. Taylor in Kansas city. And she's the best thing in the world. And she took me and yeah, I love That's her. So awesome. Was your birth with Ella good? Yeah. I mean, I, she was breached my entire pregnancy. So I was okay. very comfortable and sick and, um, they tried to, to turn her and it didn't work. And so then my, I had a scheduled C-section, but my water broke a week before that. And so in the middle of the night, so I had an emergency C-section and I mean, you guys know my threes, like I love my threes and she was born on three, three at three thirty three. So it was meant like, that is crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm pretty sure I still give Dylan crap for this, but it's so funny. Cause like when she came out, he didn't even say like, Oh my God, she's perfect. But it was Emily. It's three thirty three. Like he knew this. Oh, he knew that that was like, yeah. But I the fact that. that she came on her own when we had it all scheduled was just, yep. mm-hmm. that's crazy. So when did the three start? Oh my gosh. Probably like high school, probably. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything happens for me in threes. And, um, I mean, like we even found out we were pregnant with Ella on July 3rd and, uh, I mean, I, I can't think of the time, but I've shared on social totally. media. Oh yeah. You, yeah. Happens nonstop. And it's very creepy. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So now you're in Missouri where you are now. Yeah. What are you guys in the home that you're in now? Sorry, what? Have you always been in the house that you're in now? No. When we first moved here, we lived in an apartment because we were waiting for this house to be built and uh, there's not very many options here. So it wasn't the most ideal situation. And we had Ella in that apartment and like no space. And it was, totally. yeah, it was hard. There. It was a hard season. Yep. But, um, yeah. It's better now, of course. So then with Ella, I know that you got very into beach body after Ella. Like that's when I like started following you was when like the journey, the journey pregnancy. Yeah. Postpartum, like your postpartum journey. I feel like a lot of people resonated with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just was so determined to like be myself again because I was my healthiest self before I got pregnant with Ella, especially in my life. And so I was like, I'm going to get back to that. And it was hard, like, especially after having a C-section, like that recovery oh, yeah. no joke but I knew I could do it. I'm, I'm very strong-willed. Like, especially if someone tells me I can't do something, I'm like, well, now I have to. Like, I'm doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So. Someone's like, your body will never be the same. You're like, watch No, me. seriously. That's, yeah. So I love um, yeah, I just committed and I knew it worked because I've done it before. You, know? you did mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I love how many videos you took. Yeah. Like that is so inspiring to so many people. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people kind of start taking their videos after they like kind of get through it and they're like, look how good I look now. But it's like seeing the progress that you made from like the very, and then seeing like little tiny baby Ella, like oh my on your gosh. yoga mat while you're working out. Like it was just, every time I see one of those videos, I'm always like so inspired because you don't have to have like, like you can work out with your kids there and like you made it work. And like, I love seeing the videos of Ella, like trying to do pushups and stuff. Yeah. Like it's so cute. Yeah. And I, I was really cool. And I feel like a lot of people really loved like the, that part of your life. Mentally, you know that you're your best self when you're like in shape mm-hmm. and 
So I think that's cool. She's like seen you do that her whole life. Yeah. Yeah. She's literally been working out with me since she was six years old, you know, like that's so cute. I remember the first time I went to like our new gym, Mm -hmm. I like, I'm not a gym person. I've always like literally hated the gym so much, but I remember the first time we went to our new gym and there's like a little window that the kids can like look down. They're like their daycare's on the top floor. Yes. And we're like on the court. And so they like, I like looked up and saw her while I was like working out and I literally burst into tears because I'm like, it's so cool that like your kids get to like watch you like better yourself. yourself. And I remember like getting like very like weirdly emotional. Oh, really? I remember you like looked at me and you were crying. I was crying. <laughs> I, I, maybe like my endorphins were high. Like, I don't know. But it was just such a cool feeling of like yeah. them being able to see you take care of yourself. Right. It's really, it's a cool feeling. Yeah. And I just, it's cool because I'm like, it's going to be so normal for her growing up, you know? Of course. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, and I bet that's why a lot of women like have, and probably men too, but like, especially women have connected with you to like, like, okay, I can do that. And like, I can be that. And I can show that to my children. Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So. so when did you feel like you started growing like on TikTok? Like that was a huge kind of career shift from you because you were like solely beach body and Instagram. And then you switched over to TikTok where you've been like, obviously like super successful and that's been a huge part of your life. Yeah. I um, got into TikTok. Um, do you know who Gary Vayner- Vaynerchuk is? Gary B? Uh-uh. Oh, he's like the motivational. You, you guys would love him. He's great. Very tough love, motivational kind of guy. And it was during COVID. He was like, TikTok is the future. Get on TikTok. If you're not on TikTok, you don't care about your business. And I'm like, dude, like I can't dance, but whatever you say, I'm dead. Like that's rude, yeah. but okay. But I'm like, I, this guy is gold to me. So I'm like, I'm going to, you know, and all the it. comments were like, he's probably getting paid to say this. And I was like, oh, maybe he is. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a chance. And I got on there and really sucked at it at the beginning. I deleted some of those. And then, um, a lot of the stuff I would post when Ella was little was like outfits. Like we would do like 20 outfits and then, um, like, you know, into the big girl cooking show and all, and then all of the things together. And yeah, so I just started it during COVID and would probably only post like a few times a week. And then now I try to post every day, but yeah, it's changed our entire lives. Like our lives will never be the same because of TikTok. That's so crazy. I remember when you guys hit a million, yeah. like, like, I feel like it was literally yesterday. Yeah, yeah I know. It's wild. Um, but I'm like, what if I would have ignored, you know, that little voice saying like, get, do it, just do it. Yeah. Even though you suck at it. Um, even though you can't dance, like, <laughs> just do it. You need to go see when you saw that video. I wonder if it was on like a third. Right. <laughs> I, go check your very first TikTok. No, I really should. But yeah, it's just, I tell everyone I'm like TikTok is the one app that can change your life overnight. Truly. It's so true. If you put in. And I, I just like love and that your quote is like, I'm going to, it's like going to stick in my head. Like, it's okay to just suck. Yeah. Like, it's okay yeah. to suck at it. Like you're going to suck. You have to suck and start somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, Do you, so you, would you say you like TikTok more than Instagram? Uh, um, I don't know. TikTok is, I think more work, but the people over there, like the crew we have and the followers is just so loyal. It's different. It's very different. Yeah. Do you feel like you like, I, so that's what's hard for me on TikTok. Like I, I mean, I don't, I haven't been doing it as long and like obviously haven't been like as consistent, but do you feel like there's a good community there? Yeah. 
Because that's what I struggle with is getting that community because there's no like DMing back and forth. Right. No, I definitely, I think those people would kill for us. <laughs> like they literally. I totally can yeah, see that. They totally and whenever would. we meet them in person, they're always just so sweet and kind. And I just oh. feel like they're the best over there. For sure. But also like have, do you feel like they're the best, but also the hate is the worst? We don't really get that much on TikTok. That's, awesome. that's so cool. I almost wonder if it's because people know that our community is so loyal to us that like they'd be afraid to like, you know, like I love it. Totally. Yes. I, more hate on. I can't remember the last hate comment I got, honestly, on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Do you read your comments? Yeah. Um, I try to read some of them, but it's obviously a lot to keep up on. Totally. What I like to do though, like when I do get a hate comment, this is a tip I have for any creator out there is I like to pin that comment. Because then everyone just takes care of it for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead. I love that. That's I love so that. Smart. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like you. People are own own up to it. I'm gonna put you at the top. Yeah, you're gonna get shredded yeah. now. Yeah, joke your fault. You probably said it. Didn't think anyone would see it, but now everyone's gonna see it. So here you go. And they all. And then you're gonna get blasted. I love it. That's awesome. That is very. Right. I'm gonna start doing that. I love. That. Do it. You can do it on Instagram too. I do it on Instagram. But what do you get hate for on Instagram versus TikTok? Um. TikTok, I honestly can't even remember what what someone said something about Bella being a little brat or something being bratty. Okay. I know she's not, so I don't really care about that. But on Instagram, people probably the most is I'm sure you guys can relate. They don't like when parents put their kids on social media. Like exploitation. Right. And then people hate multi-level marketing. Oh, yeah. I could I could see that being on Instagram. I could see yeah. that, which like, I don't see that much, but that's when I do it. No. That's what it is. And I'm like, I, I think it's just hard. Like, cause it has such a bad rep, but like, like very innocent over here. <laughs> like how I started, it was just sharing my journey. Like I, you know what I mean? Like totally. I didn't, it's, it's really hard to explain, but I think people just have like, some people have done it distastefully. So. And then also of, like, it made you who you are. Right. Yeah. I have no regrets. Like I'm never. I'm never yeah. like, you know what? You're right. No, I, you know, I get asked the time no. if I'm going to leave Beachbody from influencing. I'm like, no, because the people have changed my life. And then I'll you love the comments, you know, and, and the workouts, like I want to be who I am totally. without, cause I don't like, like you, Kenzie, I don't like going to the gym. Like, like you know? yeah, no, literally. So I'm impressed because I can't work out at home. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I hate the gym, but I also like tried working out at home and I just, I can't stay motivated. Yeah. So it's so impressive that you can do it. And now, now that Ellis three and um, where's your guys' fertility at? Um, oh my gosh. We just, it's been a struggle. I didn't think it would be because when we first decided we wanted to try again, we had that prolactin level checked. That was like one of the first things. And they were like, Oh, it's fine. You're great. And then, um, then I was just like, okay, like I'm in good health. Let's just try and we got all the way, we, so I got pregnant. This was in March. And, um, obviously it, it was on a, honestly unexpected because we weren't really trying. It was just like, you know, whatever. And I found out that I was pregnant and went to the doctors, got put on like some progesterone. Cause that's what I was on with Ella. And then around like seven and a half weeks, I started spotting. I was like, what? Like, so obviously I was terrified. I'm like, and then of course, like everyone's telling me it's okay. It can be normal. They're just trying to like give me peace of mind. Make you feel better. Yeah. And I call my doctor. She's like, you know what? I want to give you peace of mind. Like you're not supposed to have your ultrasound for another couple of weeks, but like, why don't you just come in and we'll do an ultrasound. 
So I went in at like eight weeks and there was a little heartbeat and a little baby and everything was perfect. And she's like, there's literally nothing wrong here. Like everything is great. She's like, I don't even, was your spotting still going yeah, on? Yeah. She's like, I don't even see a source of where that would be coming from. So that like the sack, you know, it wasn't like something was like bleeding. And like, yes. yeah. she's like, it just happens sometimes. And then about a week later, um, oh yeah, it was like a week later, I started spotting a lot more and very crampy. And I just knew, I was like, this isn't, this isn't right. And yeah. still everyone, my sister's like, it's okay. Like, it's probably fine. And I called the doctor and they were like, well, you're supposed to have an ultrasound in two days. So just come in for that. And I went in um, and that's when they didn't see the heartbeat anymore, but like, you could see the little thing, it had gotten bigger. And that was really hard because Ella was with us. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think she really understood, but I no. didn't want her to like see me upset. And obviously she did. And Dylan and I actually had drove se- separate cars. And so I had Ella on the way home. And it's still so sad to me, but I remember Ella going, mommy, look at me. And I was like, I look at her. She's like, no more crying. Like she wanted to make sure I wasn't crying. So she's like, look at me. I need to see that you're not crying anymore. Like you're okay. Yeah. And it was just terrible. Um, and I'll like never forget to like, you know, I had the ultrasound and she was so quick. It was wild. Like I was like, can you look again? Cause she was like, I think she, the ultrasound tech kind of felt uncomfortable. I mean, it's gotta be awkward. And she's like, I don't see her go to the bathroom. And I was like, so I stood up and I walked out and of course, none of the bathrooms in the waiting, I mean, in the area were open. So I had to go through the waiting room, through the hallway. And like all these people were looking at me and I'm just like, well, and they know what happened, you know? Yeah. And like, that was really hard. And, uh, then my doctor came in and she just let me cry with her. Um, you know, she had been through like, she, the one that delivered Ella. So she knew just how special this was for us. And yeah. Um, then she just came up with like a game plan and she wanted to refer us back to specialist and the waiting list was a year and a half for that. And so she was like, I don't want you to go through that. So I'm going to do everything I can to help you with this. She called my fertility doctor in Louisiana and asking him what she should do with me. And he gave her a game plan. He called me on a random Saturday and talked to me for an hour on the phone, walked me through, oh my God. Yeah, walked me through what I should do next. And now we're just in the waiting game, really. Like we're just, um, are you kind of waiting to see like to what's going on? No, they did. Um, I guess I didn't miss an important thing. Uh, we had the loss and then they did an HSG, which is, I don't know if you know what that is, where they like fill up your uterus with fluid to see if there's like any, I'm using the wrong terms, but like holes or you know, lesions, lesions, Yep. any scar tissue. And they did see some scar tissue. And so they were like, they didn't know if it was from my DNC because I'd have a DNC after this mm-hmm. pregnancy. And so, or if it was from my C-section, scar tissue from my C-section, yeah. they said that that could be a cause of a miscarriage because the embryo can't like hang on to the wall. Not yeah. strong. And so I had a surgery to get that removed and I had called and they were like, oh, we don't have anything for two months. And I'm like, so then again, my OB was like, I'll do it. And I was like, oh my God. So she's just been like an angel on earth. So she did the surgery, removed the scar tissue. And, um, we got like the good to go to try like two months ago, but we're still waiting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. You, you want to feel right about well, it. Well, I mean, we're trying, but it's not. Happening. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. We're still in the waiting. Still in the, still in the waiting yeah. game. 
Is Ella excited to have a baby? Yeah, I feel like she just talks like when it's really sad too, though, now because whenever I say I don't feel good, she goes, Is the baby? Because that's what was going on to her before. I feel like she has like a good intuition. She really does. Like she's, I feel like she feels a lot. Yes, that's how I am, though. I'm a feeler and like I have big gut instincts and they're always usually right. And so Ella's probably going to be like that. But no, she's very compassionate and like she's a lover for sure she's sassy she can be sassy but she i love it she's sassy but she's a lover so what are you guys looking forward to what's emily's next big dream what are our big goals like if you could look five years in the future is there anything that you're like look like maybe work wise or moving wise or anything oh my gosh i i I think like the five-year plan i would love because i think dylan will be out of the air force i would love to like move to nashville that's kind of our dream right now um and, you know, just keep growing on social media. There's been so many amazing opportunities this year. So it's hard for me to believe that anything could get better than this. But um, I don't know, like, it, I, I feel like I have achieved so much that I've wanted to. Oh, that cool. I just want it to happen for those around me now. How's, how's um, I Love Lacey going? Good. It, it was, you know, a soft launch, which is what I wanted. I didn't want to like jump full force because I've had so much cool, yeah. going on. Um, but I have some things in the works and it's just, it's a little passion project. I'm not like, you're more like dipping your toes in it and seeing if it's something that you actually want to like put more energy and effort into. Right. Yeah. Cause I really do love what we do right now, which is just like, you know, content and making videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Completely. And what, tell the story really quick behind, cause your yes. name mm-hmm. was Lacey. Lacey. Yeah. So I guess we missed that part when we're talking about my story, but I was actually born as a Lacey, like my name was Lacey Peterson. And then when I was five, the courts let me change my name before I was even adopted. They approved it that I could change my name. Did you want to, like, was that something or what? Okay. Yeah. It was like a way of just to kind of leave the past in the past. So I totally picked Emily myself and it was just because in one of the foster homes, um, the abusive ones, they had a daughter named Emily and she'd always take care of me into the park. And I just always said I wanted to be like her. So I felt like she was very compassionate and loving. And so I named myself Emily. And then, so when I came up with this, the name for the brand, you know, everyone's throwing these ideas at me and I'm like, no, I just want it to mean something. Like I love making people feel things and I want to tell a story. And so I chose Love Lacey just because I feel like my life right now is just writing a letter to my old self and little Lacey would be so proud of everything that Emily has accomplished. So it's like, the way I explain it is I'm so proud of you. Love Lacey. Like, I love that so much. Yeah. That's so cool. And I really do think like building brands and like having people connect to, to like a story is like more important that I think that's like the best branding. Yeah. That's like definitely what we've tried, to, tried to do too. Like, I think that's so important. And I, I like feel that when you say it. So that's really right. cool. Yeah. I love that. I also just like love how much you put like everything out there. Like, Jamie knows that that's not like an easy thing to do, like to share your past and to, you know, dive into that because it opens doors. And, right. But it opens also, trauma and it opens feelings and it like. But also it's so important because like, first of all, foster care is so small and we need more foster families. And like to just share your story of like how fostering has changed your entire life is so, so important. Like, do you, do you know that for Adobe Lane, we donate like 10% to foster care? I didn't know that. 
So we do that and we are just huge advocates for foster care. So for somebody like you with millions of followers to be talking about it, it's just, it's really, it's like one of the reasons I just love you. You're just such an inspiration to so many people and people that were in foster care can look at you and be like, I can be like her, Mm -hmm. like being in foster care doesn't stop you from, and it doesn't define you. It doesn't define you. Thanks for being on. And also, wait, really quick. I, I had to ask this because we went to Dustin Lynch's concert last week and I saw you freaking did a TikTok with him. First of all, he is so attractive. Yeah, yeah. So Someone was like, you let Dylan in your video with you and him? Like, like what? <laughs> Sorry, but he is good looking. Yeah. yeah, no, that was so fun. Oh my gosh. How did that happen? Yes, I need to know the details of this. Um, how did that happen? Oh, I have, a connection. I have a connection um, with, it was actually crazy. One of, I have a friend on Instagram that I met in Louisiana and she texts me one day. She's like, Hey, I have this friend, like she's an agent for these country stars. And she wants to know if you guys want to go to like, this was when I did the old dominion thing. That was a Nashville too. Yeah. And, um, when Ella like, was loved, like, there, yeah, yeah. Right? And I was like, okay, this is weird, but like, sure. Give her my number. And then we did that. And then her and I have just stayed in contact. So she'll text me and she'll be like, Hey, like Dustin's going to be near you. Or do you want to see so-and-so? So, so it's just been like the most awesome connection to have. Cause she, and yeah. you get to like go back, like backstage. Yeah, with like old dominion. We got to like hang out and take like their pre-show shots with them. And then that's so cool. Yeah, Dustin, like, yeah, it was cool. Okay, if you ever get one with Morgan Wallen. I know, right? Jamie's there. Texting. I, I know, that would be awesome. I He was just here and I missed it. but Oh, he came last night to Arizona for like, they do like a secret show. Oh. So like you have to win tickets and only the people that win tickets get to go to the concert. And you don't and know. You don't know until he comes on stage. And Justin and I tried for a week to win. We oh. called the freaking radio station like, 500 times we didn't win but it was morgan wall and i was so sad last night but right before the dustin lynch concert that we went to it's like emily just did a tiktok with him like what the heck (laughs) he's so cool he He is so cool he had such a good show really it was so good we saw him in nashville he opened up for someone else and dylan and i were like he was the best of the night and then yeah oh he opened for keith urban no tim sorry tim mcgraw well sorry keith urban was last year um he opened for tim mcgraw and i liked him Mm -hmm. oh wait and so i was very excited to see him again because i just thought his show was amazing oh yeah yeah. he is so good he's so good that was so cool i love that i was like okay i have to ask her more he was like so jealous about that (laughs) yes it was so cute yeah i love that so much Hey, we're so happy we got to have you on finally. Yeah, thank you guys. We'll see you guys next week on the Codependent Podcast. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.